What is Overview Bible and is it a trustworthy resource? What are some good resources to understand the end times? And are we guilty for the sins that have been committed by other people? The answers when we understand the text. This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible study in the Word of God, that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Tell your friends about our ministry at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, we read, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is working out for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Mm -hmm. Now, it always struck me reading that from Paul, because at the beginning of the letter, he talks about uh, that going out and sharing the gospel and all the persecution that he and his missionary brethren were facing, we feel like we had received the sentence of death. Yeah. But this was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God Mm -hmm. who raises the dead. Right. And he describes these things that he goes through as a momentary light affliction. (laughs) Yeah. They're expecting death and it's light affliction. (laughs) Then you get to chapters 10 and 11 and he says exactly what he goes through. Mm -hmm. And it's far more than you and I will ever go through. Yes. God willing. (laughs) Uh, And yet he calls it a momentary light affliction. Mm -hmm. So if Paul can call what he went through momentary and light Mm -hmm. as we are being renewed day by day, if Paul can say that about his situation, Mm -hmm. then how much more should we continue to rely on God no matter what we're going through? Right. You know, I'm thinking about that with everything that's happening in the world. Prices are going up. Some of you are hitting gas prices in some places I saw in California, there are places it's over six bucks a gallon. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, how how much do we take? It's not slowing down. It's it's no, going to continue not. to go up. Yeah. But how much are we going to allow it to get there before we just say no more? People stop driving cars. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah. know, what's gonna... <laughs> I don't know either. Let's... I don't know what the breaking point is. Right. I mean, energy costs. Energy costs go up no matter what. It doesn't just have to be regarding what you're sticking in your car. Right. But energy costs would rise everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But as you see these things rising, inflation is continuing. We're hearing stories of war. Mm-hmm. And everything that you hear about war, whether it's between Russia and Ukraine or any other conflict you got going on, the threat of war from China to Taiwan and all right. these kinds of things, you'll hear these things. But the narrative has been so skewed the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you trust? Who can you trust? Yeah. Yeah. How do you know what's going on? That's so true. Um, I know whenever I've, I went through some dark times in my life and as I was going through them, I thought they would last forever. Like it, I didn't see an end to it. I had no idea how it would work out or anything like that. And then now that I'm on the other side of that, all that I can look back and I'm like, yeah, that was light and momentary. Right. It was, it was barely a blink of the eye, you know, like in the grand scheme of things. And then who does it, who did it matter the most to, you know, like. Does it really affect people over in 
the other countries? No, yeah, it right. doesn't. You know. Well, there's that that thing we often say, uh, first world problems. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes, and it was. I mean, my it, phone it doesn't was, work today. But it was heavy stuff. You know, it wasn't just light and something everybody goes through. It it wasn't like that by any means. But it was it was hard and um and I learned a lot and I grew in the Lord and and relied on the Word. You know, and it was it was great as far as my spiritual growth. But um, I remember how it felt, how it felt so heavy and that it was it was never going to end. And then here it is. It's ended and it's and it's beautiful, you know, on the other side. Right. So well, there's also that tendency in us to want to long for former days. Yeah. And you don't really remember. You don't think about the fact that you were probably stressed out in those former days, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there were there were problems that you were going through and uncertainties that you had. But we long for those days because we see that we got through it. Yes, definitely. And so it makes it more attractive to us than future days. Right. Like, let's go back to the old days. Yeah. And there's reasons why I talked myself out of doing certain things. And I'm like, I if I could go back and do it again, I'd probably go do that. That would be fun. You right. Know? <laughs> like opportunities that don't come every day and. Yeah. That sort of thing. Ecclesiastes actually says it's a sin to long for day. I wish the days today were like they were before. No, that's wrong. That's true. Because you're not trusting God in the present and you're Mm -hmm. thinking it was much better back then. Right. So we continue to rely on God in all things, despite the fact that we see this world heading the way that it is. You know, Habakkuk had cried out to God and said, how long are you going to allow this violence to continue before you do something about this? Hmm. And this was with regards to the uh, oppression of the Israelites by the Chaldeans. Mm -hmm. And God's response to Habakkuk was, watch and see, Mm -hmm. for I'm about to do something you would not know even if I told you what it was going to be. Right. And at the conclusion of Habakkuk, it's only three chapters, it's a short book, but at the conclusion, Habakkuk says, even if basically if the economy totally uh, collapses Mm -hmm. and I've got no grain in the bins, I've got no food in my storage, yet I'm going to continue to trust in God. Hmm. And that's so amazing. as that's Habakkuk's attitude, so it should be ours as well. Definitely. But I was I was getting to this point. We've we've kind of you oh, know rabbit sorry. trailed in some other places. But as we as, <laughs> as we hear about wars and we hear news, the narrative that's been so changing and and so conniving and mm. dishonest for the last couple of years. Even when we hear, hear we're hearing about these conflicts, we wonder, well, what should I believe about this? Well, when Israel was going to be conquered by a foreign people because of the evil that they had committed against God. Mm -hmm. So God was going to turn them over to the hands of their enemies. There are all kinds of stories we're going to come from all different places about what they should believe. And Isaiah writes this in Isaiah 811. The Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying... Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy. Hmm. And do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabit uh, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and many many shall stumble on it; they shall fall and be broken; they shall be snared and taken. Hmm. So there are some who are going to find sanctuary in the Word of God, 
And there are others who are going to stumble over it. Mm -hmm. But we continue to hold fast to the word, the promises that we are given in his word, knowing that in Christ our sins are forgiven and we have the promise of a great inheritance in his eternal kingdom. Yes. Continue to live day by day for those things you got to do today. Don't be anxious about tomorrow for the things that you can't control. Right. As Jesus said in Matthew 6, let tomorrow worry about itself. Mm -hmm. Today, worship God, care for your family. Take care of those responsibilities you got to do. Crazy things are happening in the world, but let's take it a day at a time. Yes. And a vocabulary host, Lord of hosts. Lord of hosts. Yes. Um, doesn't that mean army? Yeah. The God of angel armies. Right. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, if that's enough to give you more peace, then by all means. The Lord of hosts, Yahweh of hosts. Him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Fear God mm -hmm. and nothing else. Right. Amen. So I hope that was an encouraging word as we get started with the program today. Friday, we take questions from the listeners and you can send those questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. I got three of them sectioned out here today. We'll see uh, if we're able to get through all of these. This first one comes from Sonia. Not our friend, Sonia. It could be Sonia. Oh, it could be Sonia. That's true. <laughs> Greetings, Pastor Gabe. You had a listing of videos that you could recommend. Would Jeffrey Kranz of Overview Bible be a video ministry that we can trust? I was watching his video, The Twelve Apostles, and I thought it was well done, but I'm certainly no scholar by any stretch, so I want to be careful that I don't unwittingly gather and share wrong teaching. Thanks so much for being a type of watchman for us. I pray you will stay on the path of integrity and truthfulness, watching according to God's leading and purpose. May he bless and protect you and pour his grace and mercy over you. What a what a great closing. Thank you for that, Sonia. Yeah. Half the email was that. Aw, so that's ha awesome. Half the email is her question and half the email is a blessing. That is so sweet. <laughs> that is great, Sonia, and we, we feel blessed. Yes. So thank you for that. Okay, Jeffrey Cran's Overview Bible. I have found this site. I've seen it before. At the time that I found it, it really didn't have a whole lot of views. Okay. But since she sent this email and asked that question, I went back and looked at it again. And he's got videos with over 100,000 views. Oh, wow. So this is clearly a... Pretty popular. Yeah, it's clearly a Bible uh, sort of ministry on YouTube that's really picked up a lot of steam. Mm -hmm. So what do I think of Jeffrey Kranz and Overview Bible? I would say approach with extreme caution. Hmm. I I have not seen anything by him that would lead me to believe that he's a false teacher. Okay. I'm a little concerned about his motives because when you go to Jeffrey's website, his own personal website, he has nothing on there about faith at all. Oh, interesting. Doesn't mention faith in Christ. No mention of the gospel. It's kind of like an entrepreneur website. So apparently it's for his business. Okay. But it's interesting that the thing people most know you for is that you've got a video ministry on YouTube with, and you don't put that with literally on millions of views now. And you don't have that. Right. That's not on your personal huh. page. That's a little bizarre. Yeah. Uh, and while the Bible Project guys, you can go look them up and they will list who their influences are. Mm -hmm. and you can know something about their theology just from their influences. Right. I was not able to find that about Jeffrey Kranz. So that right mm -hmm. away led me to go, see, there's a reason why you don't want people to know that. Hmm. And that kind of bothers me. <laughs> yeah. So 
I've got more research that I have to do on this. I'd like to watch some more videos of his before I definitively tell you. Mm Mm-hmm. Great teacher, false teacher, but I would still say approach with extreme caution. I did watch a couple of videos. I wanted to find the one that he did on Romans first. Mm-hmm. Because whatever he says about Romans, that's really <laughs> going to tell you a lot about his theology. Right. He doesn't have a video on Romans. Ah. I couldn't find one. I watched a little bit on the one that he did on Apostles. I watched the one he did, I think it was on Matthew. Or no, it was the overview of the four Gospels was what it was. Okay. Uh, And then I watched his whole video on Genesis. I'll talk about that here in just a moment. Let me play for you the uh, the introduction video. So when you go to Overview Bible and Jeffrey's there to greet you, hey, welcome to my Bible website. Sure. You know, so on. Anyway, we're going to play it here. So you'll hear it. Here's what he says. And this is kind of where like immediately I had a flag go up. Okay. so let me (laughs) let me share that with you here. This is Jeffrey Kranz. Hi. I'm Jeffrey, and I run Overview Bible, where a group of friends and I create a bunch of resources to help people understand the Bible for themselves. Now, that involves a lot of whiteboard videos where I'm explaining the books of the Bible and their characters and themes, and then also written guides on OverviewBible.com. We make infographics. We make some visual assets as well. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. So that's going to be the tone of all the videos. He's, right. he's pretty laid back, not very charismatic, mm-hmm. pretty dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, but that doesn't seem to deter anybody from watching, because like I said, he's got millions of views now. He on sounds this like he's ready channel. to explain this to you. Right. And, and that's really kind of the approach level. Yeah. On a very down to earth level. Now, he mentioned there are a lot of whiteboard videos. Mm-hmm. So you will get right away. Just by pulling out the videos and from the from the small miniatures, so mm-hmm. your little thumbnail images of all of his videos, you're going to look at those and go, that looks kind of like the Bible Project. Ah. And it really kind of has that same feel. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the, uh, the, the artistry, the probably the technological capability mm-hmm. to do all the fancy illustrations that the Bible Project videos do mm-hmm. he just draws it on a whiteboard behind him and it's already there he's not drawing it as he's talking it's just right there and then he kind of explains it all oh, okay it's the the equipment that he uses not very professional he's probably just pulling his cell phone out and okay and videoing it on a tripod a lot of people do that now uh, i've noticed he's got a little lapel mic so he's mm-hmm. doing that syncing up the audio with uh with it's probably going connect it's connected directly to the camera is okay. probably what it is uh, either that or he's recording to an external device and then is syncing that audio with the camera. Anyway, all of that to say it's just it's low tech. OK, thank you. <laughs> the, the, the Bible project stuff is way higher quality. OK, what you're hearing from him there is is pretty much how all those videos go. Some of them, it was, it's almost, I mean, what videos are the same way? You watch some of our earliest videos and they're more ghetto than the newer. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I was. I was still kind of trying to figure out a style. Uh, uh, and at the time, we were just responding to things from our own congregation. Right. So it wasn't, was I wasn't purpose. trying to go like super professional on it or anything like that. Uh, but anyway, so some of his earlier videos are are definitely more in a hollow room. Mm-hmm. Audio's not real great, you know. But the the formatting and things like that really has the feel of the Bible Project. And so that was a concern right away because mm-hmm. I thought, how much is the Bible Project influenced what he's done even his logo is in the same color oh as the bible project stuff everybody seems to want to go with that light blue yeah that electric blue sort of a color so 
It, Tim Mackey himself is not the best voice to listen to. The the main guy with the Bible Project. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So just the same. Jeffrey's voice is just, you know, just kind of casual. And that plays into his approach on how he explains the Bible, too. Mm, so here we okay. go. Here's the next part. Now, the Bible is huge, and it's also very old, which makes understanding it pretty complicated from the get-go. But there's another difficulty that a lot of people face when they're trying to understand the Bible today. You see, a lot of folks, when they're trying to get an idea of what they should know about the Bible, they do so in the context of someone telling them what they should believe about the Bible. And that's not necessarily wrong, but it's not our style at Overview Bible. Instead, what we try to do is clear past any presuppositions about what you believe when you're approaching the Bible and just focus on the things that you can and should know about the Bible. Things like the individual books of the Bible or the Bible's characters and themes. You can have, uh, uh, you know, just kind of a basic layout of just what he said there. Times, places, events, characters, so on and so forth. But when I'm hearing him say, we won't we don't want to tell you what to believe about the Bible. We just want to tell you about the Bible. When I hear him say that, that's a red flag to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, you are going to tell me what to believe about the Bible. And you're going to be as secretive or sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what comes to my mind. You're anyway. going to be as ecumenical about it as possible. So it's going to be uh, like we're appealing to the most number of people yeah. that we can. Sure. You can't explain Romans without telling me what Paul wants you to think about Romans. Maybe that's why they haven't done it Romans. That probably will be. <laughs> that that could be the case. So that's why, you know, I would want to go to Romans and find out, okay, what's he saying about some of these doctrines cuz that's going to give me an idea sure. of where he's coming from when he's explaining these books of the Bible. So like I said, th that was immediately a thing where I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I get wanting to do to to be as basic as possible. Uh -huh. We just want to give you the who, what, where, when, why, how, sure. you know, things like that. But the Bible is written to change your mind. Mm -hmm. It is written to tell you, here's what you should believe about God. Mm -hmm. Here's what you need to know about yourself yes. and your need for a savior. And that's Genesis to Revelation. That's yes. all the way through the scriptures. Even when we're just reading narrative history like Genesis mm -hmm. or Exodus. Exodus has law, but, you know, there's a lot of story in the first part of the book. Sure. Um, e even when you're just reading narrative, there's still things that you are being told what to believe. Mm -hmm. So you can't just come at this as just a dry, especially you're talking about the Bible. <laughs> this isn't just a book report. <laughs> right. You know? No joke. We're talking about the word of God. Right. Do you understand the Bible is the word of God? That this is God's word given to us through prophets and apostles. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't watch the whole apostle video, so I can't respond to Sonia with that. But I would be concerned with, like, d does Jeffrey say that the apostles are the ones who have been commissioned by Christ to carry his word? And whatever they said is what Jesus says. Hmm. So it doesn't matter that it's written down in First and Second Corinthians or Matthew and Mark. It is as much the word of God, right. whether it's in red letters or black and white. Right. You know, that's what I would want to know. Does Jeffrey think that about the Bible or not? And uh, you can't just you can't just take a neutral stance on that. True. <laughs> Very true. If you remain neutral on that, you're saying something. You're mm -hmm. still saying something. Right. About what you believe about the Bible. Yeah. 
I don't know. There's there's just so many questions. I want to go down the list of, you know, question and then he answers, you know, like how I would interview a pastor or something like that, you know, I know like, right. to make sure that they're legit to go to their church, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's that's essentially what you're doing. It's kind of your personal Bible study, but it's like a, a resource. So you wouldn't want to go to a, a faulty resource. Yeah. You know. You know, it, we're doing a survey of the New Testament right now on Sunday night mm-hmm. uh, at our church. So every Sunday night is a different book of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. We're talking, we're giving outline, like what are the main themes of the book? What's uh, What does the author want you to know? Yeah. Because every book is written for that purpose. There's an author who wants you to know something. Right. <laughs> what is it that the author wants you to know? What's the central proposition of this book? And and so you can't just do a dry overview of of like we're not we're not going to tell you what to believe we're just mm-hmm. going to tell you we're just going to give you the nuts and bolts of this something is still being communicated in that yeah so when somebody is telling me about the Bible I want to know what you believe about the Bible mm-hmm. so I if he didn't have one on Romans I figured well let me see what he says about Genesis mm-hmm. so I went to Genesis and he really does keep Genesis one through eleven as dry and as basic as possible. Okay. But there are some elements that he says there about the first 11 chapters of Genesis that make me think, you sound like you're really influenced by the Bible project. Mm. He doesn't talk about... And that's not a good thing. Right. That's not a good thing. We, For we those don't that in, haven't yes. listened to us previously. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the Bible project and discouraging you from using that as a resource. So with regards to Jeffrey Kranz's stuff too, I'd say the same thing. There's so much good stuff out there. I just don't see why you would need to use his stuff. Mm-hmm. Right away, the first impression wasn't good. So there's more research I need to do, and I will do so. Mm-hmm. But for the most part here at the very beginning, I would just say a, approach with extreme caution. Yeah. Plenty of other good resources out there you can utilize that That's you don't have to use. Say. Maybe find something a little more sound yeah. that you know is solid. Just go to Grace to You. Go to Ligonier. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ligonier has stuff. They've got articles that will give you, here's what this book of the Bible is about. Right. You might have to read something instead of watch a video. <laughs> And True. there's videos out there, but, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes sometimes we can get a little lazy with all of the different media that's out there for us. And so yeah. we think, boom, I should be able to type this up. And the thing that I need to know is going to be right there in front of my face. Mm. But we still have the prince of the power of the air out there that is attempting to deceive us through any of the media that we use. Very true. So continue to rely on those sources that you know that are familiar, that you can trust. They will have some... Uh, literature out there that you can utilize that might take a little more research, mm-hmm. might not be the way that you're used to learning. I'd rather just watch a YouTube video. Right. But but there's other resources out there instead of the overview Bible. Now, I've had plenty of people that have asked me, why is it taking you so long to do videos on the books of the Bible? Uh-huh. I'm really busy. <laughs> I really I, wish I could devote more time to it, but I just... I can vouch for that. Yes. <laughs> you are really busy. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't right now. You know, my, my priority, my first priority is to my wife and to my children. Mm-hmm. My second priority is to my church. Mm-hmm. And here I'm in charge of, of making sure that all the Sunday school teachers are... Uh, like they understand what they're teaching on Sunday. Right. And so sometimes that involves phone conversations. I'm putting together lessons that we're doing together on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, whatever follow up that might result from all of that. Uh, we get together and we talk 
outside of those hours. Anyway, so all of that is there's a lot of work that's involved in that. You'll start to see some of the fruit of that because I'm publishing that. Yay! <laughs> so there will be Bible studies that you will be able to get from the work that we've done here mm-hmm. to put that together for for our people here at this church. But I mean, I have obligations there before I can get to making some of these videos, which I want to be able to do. And even though they're short and sweet, they take longer than that to put together. Yeah, they do. They take a while. (laughs) Now, the right, the overview of, yeah, overview Bible, the overview (laughs) of the books of the Bible that I want to do, they'll be a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's taken a little while and it will. We'd love to put some good resources in your hands, though. Stuff for you to be able to use. And soon. Sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lord willing soon. There we Lord go. Lord willing soon. Pray for safe travels for me as I'm heading to ShepCon next week. Yes. Because that, you know, my return safely will also have to do with whether I'm able to produce more videos. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm selfish in the fact that I want you to return safely. That's right. So. My wife and kids want me to return safely for totally other reasons than making videos. <laughs> This next question comes from Kevin. It's another resource question. All right. Hello, Pastor Gabe and Becky. How are you and the family, and how are you enjoying living in the promised land of Texas? Doing good. (laughs) We're doing good. Sandra and I miss you guys and hope to hear from you soon. Aw, hi. So you know right away. (laughs) I know who that is. (laughs) You know who I'm talking about. We know which Kevin this is. Yes. For someone who is studying eschatology, which is the study of end times, With an open mind and seeking a biblical understanding of end times, what is a reference that you recommend to gain a better understanding of eschatology as a whole? I understand that some Christians may possess some biased approach in their beliefs. However, I just want to do a study to gain a complete understanding of the different views of eschatology. Thank you again for your ministry. And yes, Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches are better than Popeye's. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you have someone who agrees with you. I I um, haven't tried Popeyes. You you can't no, have Popeyes, isn't I that cannot. right? Yeah, because yes. don't they have shrimp there? Yes. Becky's allergic to shellfish. Yeah. So she can't even. So I can't even say right. that it's better or worse. I just don't know. She can't even try Popeyes. No. Nope. That's fine. You've got the best one anyway, Chick Fil A. <laughs> we'll just. That's why I send you out there. That's right. You go taste this, and we'll just stick tell with me that. what I want to hear because I don't want to hear either. <laughs> now there's a there's a brochure out there and we've talked about this before it's called four end times views uh and it's pretty cheap if i remember right uh four views of the end times if you go to olivetree.com they're the ones that publish it and put it out four dollars here i just pulled it up on on uh their website so it's four dollars to get the printed brochure okay and they'll send it to you about that yeah. right so it tells you historical premillennialism, amillennialism, dispensational premillennialism, and postmillennialism, mm-hmm. which are the four main end times views. Now, you can really whittle that down into two. There's, okay. there's two end times views, premillennialism and postmillennialism. Sure. But premillennialism is divided up into historic premillennialism and dispensational premillennialism. And postmillennialism is divided up into amillennialism and postmillennialism. Okay. But those are both postmillennial views. The other two are both premillennial views. So it's the difference between where's the millennial kingdom? Are we in the millennial reign of Christ now, which is postmillennial, uh-huh. or is the millennial reign of Christ after his return, which is premillennial? 
Hmm. Now that sounds funny because you would that think does that. Sounds funny. <laughs> you would think that. Well, if we're living in the millennium right now and it's that before be the return of Christ, this should be the premillennial view. Right. I know, and all the names uh, in eschatology are are really kind of funny if you really stop and think about it. I don't like amillennialism as a name because mm-hmm. it means no millennium. Ah. And amillennialists don't believe there's no millennium. We believe we're that- in the millennium right now. That's funny. Anyway, is everybody thoroughly confused now? That's why you need this brochure. So the four views of the end times will give you just like the most basic overview of of these end times views. Mm-hmm. And it gives you charts for those of you who like charts. <laughs> They're helpful. That's right. I like them. <laughs> now, the publisher, uh, Rose Publishing, they're clearly historical pre-mill. Mm. So when you're reading the brochure, that's they're they're kind of going to push that a little bit. Like this is the view that you should really have the historical pre mill view. Sure. Uh, it's uh, but nonetheless, I think that they represent those other views fairly. Okay. So that's a good start to get and, those and truthfully. Yeah, fairly and truthfully. Okay. Now, if you want you want to get a little deeper, you want to get into some deeper stuff. Here's some books that I recommend. So if you want to understand dispensationalism. From the dispensationalist viewpoint, uh-huh. and I would say, <laughs> I would say dispensationalism, uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. <sighs> dispensationalism with the highest view of Christ. Let's okay. put it that way. Then check out the book Dispensationalism by Michael Vlack. Okay. Okay. This is a guy that works at Masters. Um, he's part of Grace Community Church. That's John MacArthur's ministry. Uh-huh. So he's going to give you. The fairest, most honest assessment of dispensationalism from the dispensationalist viewpoint, Uh because Vlack himself is dispensationalist. That's the book that I go to when you want to understand MacArthur dispensationalism. Now, when I say that, there are many different uh, extremes on dispensationalism. Oh, yeah, that's true. So that's MacArthur dispensationalism. Uh, And then there's the dispensationalism that I grew up with, which was not John MacArthur dispensationalism. (laughs) That was more the Tim LaHaye, Jerry Jenkins left behind sort of dispensationalism, the nutty dispensationalism, which is most of dispensationalism. Okay. (laughs) That's why I say this is the the version, the dispy version that has the highest view of Christ. Okay. So consider that one from Michael Vlack. Then there is a counter to that. So what do I need to know is uh, what do I need to know are the problems with dispensationalism? Well, now pick up the book Dispensationalism by Keith Matheson and he'll give you uh, here's why we would disagree with that particular viewpoint. Okay. so you get it from Michael Vlack, the positive dispensationalism, and then from Keith Matheson, the negative dispensationalism. Both books are called dispensationalism. Interesting. So, yeah, (laughs) being sure to clarify that for you. As for historic premillennialism, there's a book called A Case for Historic Premillennialism by Craig Blomberg and Sungwook Chung. I've only read portions of this book, but it's kind of it's like the book, the go to book for historic premillennialism. Okay. now dispensationalism (laughs) believes that Christ returns. There's a seven year period of tribulation uh, and then Christ returns again. So it's almost like Mm -hmm. there's a second and a third coming. And that's not the way that a dispensationalist would put it. But, yeah, there you go. That, that's why you need to go listen to that from a dispensationalist to right. explain it. The historic premillennialist doesn't believe in the seven-year period of tribulation. Mm. So there's just the return of Christ and then the millennial reign of Christ on the earth. That's the main distinctions between those two views. So uh, the case for historic premillennialism uh, is going to be slightly different than what you're going to read about dispensationalism. Although... Right. 
both authors are probably going to rely on the same historians or the or the same uh, uh writings and history oh, okay to uh it kind of you know cement their viewpoint uh-huh. as for post-millennialism i've already mentioned keith matheson so check out his book under that same title post-millennialism <laughs> keith matheson uh there's a book by kim riddlebarger called amillennialism he gives about the the most detailed assessment of the amillennial view that you can read anywhere that's kind of the quintessential book on amillennialism okay another shorter book Easier to digest, I believe, on amillennialism is from Jeff Johnson, and it's the five points of amillennialism. Uh So let me run down those six books again, which all contain really big words. Dispensationalism by Michael Vlack. Dispensationalism by Keith Matheson. Postmillennialism by Keith Matheson. A Case for Historic Premillennialism, edited by Craig Blomberg and Sungwoo Chung. Amillennialism by Kim Riddlebarger. And the five points of amillennialism by Jeff Johnson. That's for deeper study, but if you just want the basic overview, check out Four Views of the End Times that's put out by Rose Publishing. And you can find it, again, at uh, olivetree.com, or if you have the Olive Tree Bible app, you can pull it up that way as well. All right. Makes sense? Sure. Did we cover it? What time is it? How much time we got? Oh, we're over half an hour. Let me see if I can get to this last one here. (laughs) No, this is a longer answer. I'll read it anyway. This is from Britt in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Okay. Dear Pastor Gabe and Ms. Becky, may this find you in good health. First, Mm. thank you for the daily podcast and videos. Very edifying. My question is this. Are we required slash directed to repent of sins we have not committed or for sins of my relatives? I am of the understanding that we are not, but much has been said within... Uh, the Christian sphere that we are. Mm. I understand that David did repent from uh, re- repent of sins that he had not committed, but that was because he was a king and as such responsible for his people. Thank you again. And may God keep blessing you, your family, Tom Buck, his family and your church stand strong, sir. Aww, Thank you so much for the encouragement, Britt. So this is what we have in Ezekiel chapter 18, beginning in verse 19. You say, why should the son not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity? But the son has done justice and righteousness and has kept all my statutes and done them. He shall surely live. The soul who sins will die. The son will not bear the iniquity of the father, nor will the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. So each person is going to have to give an account before God for his own sins mm-hmm. and no one else's. Yeah. So as it says in Romans 3.23, the wages... Uh, sorry, I was quoting Romans 6.23 there. 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, God mm-hmm. and are justified by his grace as a gift... Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Nobody else's sins are counted against you. At the same time, nobody else's faith is counted for you. Uh. It is upon you to repent of your sin 
and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And by your faith in Jesus, your sins are forgiven and you will have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Now, there are certainly ways that we would consider praying on behalf of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are ways that we consider sins collectively. You know, as, as a congregation at church, for example, we will pray on a Sunday morning, God forgive us of our sins. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the worship leader is going to lead in that kind of a prayer when we're doing a confession prayer. That does not mean that him having prayed that has just atoned for the sins of all the people. Right. Definitely not. Nor does it mean that him having prayed that uh, means that his sins are upon everybody else that's in the room. Mm-hmm. It's collectively we're asking that God would have mercy upon us and that each and every individual person would be convicted mm-hmm. in their respective ways for the sins that they have committed, that they might repent before the Lord and seek his forgiveness. Right. And we need that every day. We do. There's not a day you wake up where you were sinless today. <laughs> yeah. No. Every. Just, ev- yeah, yeah. Every single day we need to humble ourselves before God. Yep. And seek and his mercy and grace. multiple times during the day, too. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> right. Yep. Caught Humbling ourselves before the Lord in every moment. Yes. I need his grace every day. I need thee every hour. Mm, as yes. we As we sing in the old hymn. So, yeah, there's, there's my quick answer for you, Britt. I'm sure we could expound on that and talk a little bit more, especially about what's going on in the culture and oh, yeah. systemic sins. I'm trying not to rabbit trail because I know we're short on time. So right. I'm, I'm, uh, I can expound on Your that skin bit. color has nothing to do with your sins. Mm. Absolutely nothing. It also has nothing to do with you being innocent. Right. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us need to turn to Jesus Christ and be forgiven. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So that's the end of our program today. Any uh, closing comments, remarks, questions, missives? What is it? What is that? Uh, (laughs) I'm going into like what uh, uh, Todd Friel has in his program whenever he reaches into the e-bag, which is my name spelled backwards, incidentally. Um, (laughs) It's... Your missives, comments, complaints, something. I can't remember what it is. Anyway. I know. I've heard it enough times. I thought I would know it off the top of my head, but I don't. I am so brain fried because, as I said earlier, I'm busy. Yeah. I'm busy right now. I'm heading to the Shepherds Conference next week. Yep. Trying to get all this stuff done done so I can head out. Doing this week's and next week's, but you're also kind of prepping for the week after. I preach too. I preach on March 13th, so I'm (laughs) I'm coming. Daylight savings. uh, Right. I'm coming back on Saturday, (laughs) losing two hours Uh already from the jet lag, and then I lose another hour that night because it's daylight saving that kicks in. Thankfully, we're not in Eastern time. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be. Thanks for that silver lining there, babe. I appreciate that. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) All right, let's finish with prayer. Yes, let's. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness, and we ask that you forgive us our sins, that we would humble ourselves before you and know that it is only in Jesus Christ that we are Uh, that we are washed, we are made new, we are clothed in his righteousness, that we may live upright and righteous before you. And may we desire that. 
this day that we would walk in holiness before our God, that we would know what you desire of us according to your word, and we would not only hear these words from the Bible, but we would obey them. We would, decide, we would desire to understand the Bible in the right way, not coming with our own presuppositions and imposing that upon Scripture, but we want to know what you have to say to us through your word. And so please guide us in a right understanding. Give us good teachers that show us Christ according to the Scriptures. And may we walk in these things all our days until the return of Christ. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen.